0: We're going to be in the book of Amos for a few weeks here in the preaching series. I really like this graphic that uh, Pastor Tim put together. There's this shadowed figure of Amos and then his name. And if you can see it, there's kind of behind him this image of a lion. And, and I, I love that. Because Amos um, can be a tough read if you've never read it. And you choose to read it, and I I would encourage all of us to read Amos. uh, There are some some tough things to read in there. So, here we go. Usually at this time, I or someone read a Bible passage and then I jump into the sermon. Uh, Today will be a little bit different. I'm going to read about three different passages out of Amos. And so if you'd like to follow along, then, you know, turn your Bible to Amos. In these Bibles, the pew Bibles that are in front of you, Amos begins on page 734, and you can just kind of get to chapter 1, I'll be in three different spots this morning. Amos comes uh, to us in the section of our Bibles that we call the minor prophets, because they're shorter than the major prophets, which are really long, like Isaiah and Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. So I'll let you get there. By the way, if you'd like to take one of these home to keep, please uh, feel free to do so. It's our gift to you. So I've heard it said, I have heard it said, that there are times in life when God's grace is not gentle, when God's grace is not so much an invitation as it is a reckoning. I've heard it said that sometimes God's grace grace can be harsh, uh, like a kick in the teeth. Sometimes God's grace can break us, cripple us, like a refining fire or a scouring pad, a crucifixion of something that needs to die in us. Like Ebenezer Scrooge, seeing his own death because of his greed, and his cruelty and his selfishness. Sometimes the grace of God pushes us until we are unable to deny our need to change, until we are unable to deny our need for God. I've heard this said, and I believe it is true. I've heard this grace spoken of many times from the mouths of people, and it sounds like this. I was at the end of my rope, or I lost everything, or I had been so cruel, so selfish, and now they're gone, or I don't know how I got to this point, or my choices finally caught up with me, or I was at the bottom, and then oftentimes this will be said and it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. The book of Amos is not very long. Uh, You could read the whole thing in about 10 or 20 minutes, but it is packed with things that need to change. The book is composed mostly of oracles and visions, dreams, and these speeches that tell of great injustices that are going on in Amos' day and what God is going to do about it. The book's namesake, Amos, he's an interesting story. And if you turn with me uh, to the first verse in the book, chapter 1, verse 1, it says this. This message was given to Amos. That's how pretty important for a prophet. He didn't come up with this. A shepherd from the town of Tekoa in Judah He received this message in visions two years before the earthquake when Uzziah was king of Judah and Jeroboam II the son of Jehoash was the king of Israel. So Amos lives, uh, we can date this, in the middle of the 8th century BC. He's roughly contemporary of Isaiah. And this is a time of great prosperity and relative peace if you have ever studied that time. Uh, in the nation of Israel. It's a time when the nation of Israel has been divided into two nations. There's the northern nation called Israel, and then the southern nation, often called Judah. And we learn here that Amos is from a town called Tekoa. Tekoa is a little village south of Bethlehem in the southern country of Judah. So he's... A farm boy from the South. Get that? He's in the sheep business. Later we're going to find out he's also in the fig business. A country boy from the southern kingdom. But God takes this country boy in the south, sends him to the big cities in the north to deliver a message. Imagine that. You live in a great cosmopolitan city. You're enjoying a a healthy economy shopping and whining and dining, when one day who shows up but a country bumpkin from another country blasting on and on about the evils of where you live? Leave us alone. Go home. The name Amos means burden or to carry a burden. And by all accounts, the message that Amos brought to those in the north was burdensome indeed. Amos aimed his rhetorical arrows straight at those who were privileged and those who were in power. He absolutely scoriates the king. He calls the king's wife a prostitute. He calls the affluent women of the city cows. Tact and prudence are not his M.O., Amos shocks. Amos uses inflammatory language. And he draws a crowd. Uh, He gets their attention. Turn with me to Amos chapter 7. A couple pages. Page 739. Look at verse 10. Okay, so he's going on and on and on about all this bad news and all this bad stuff. Verse 10, then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, Bethel is the religious center of the northern kingdom, okay, and by the way, Amos will say, go to Bethel and sin, more on that later, next week probably. So then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent a message to Jeroboam, the king of Israel, Amos is hatching a plot against you right here on your very doorstep. He's coming here. And what he is saying is intolerable. He is saying, Jeroboam will soon be killed and the people of Israel will be sent away into exile. He's saying that about the king, people. Then Amaziah Sent orders to Amos get out of here, you prophet. Go back to the land of Judah, earn your living prophesying there. A lot of prophets, this was their um, livelihood. They were prophets to the kings, and, and they would be taken care of by the kings. And he's saying, You're a prophet, go back to where you came from to make a living. Don't bother us with your prophecies here in Bethel. This is the king's sanctuary and the national place of worship. How dare you come in here with that message? But Amos replied, I'm not a professional prophet. I was never trained to be a prophet. I'm a shepherd. I take care of sycamore fig trees. But the Lord called me away from my flock and told me, go and prophesy to my people in Israel. And then he has some more bad news to share. We'll get more into some of the messages of Amos in the coming weeks. The book speaks about injustice to the poor all over the place. The nature of true worship, we'll get that one next week. We'll consider all these things. But if I were to point to one place in Amos that kind of gets to the heart of the matter, I would go to chapter four, so turn with me there. I'm going to start in verse six. This is the Lord speaking now through the prophet Amos who came from the southern country up to the northern city with this message. Thus says the Lord, I brought hunger to every city and famine to every town. I think the Hebrew idiom is, I brought you cleanness of teeth. Your teeth are clean because you didn't eat. But still, you would not return to me, declares the Lord. I kept the rain from falling when your crops needed it the most. I sent rain on one town, but withheld it from another. Rain fell on one field, another field withered away. People staggering from town to town, looking for water. There was never enough. But still, you wouldn't return to me, says the Lord. I struck your farms and vineyards with blight and mildew. Locusts devoured your fig and your olive trees. But still, you would not return to me says the Lord. I sent plagues on you like the plagues I sent on Egypt. Long ago I killed your young men in war and I led all your horses away. The stench of death filled the air, but still you would not return to me, says the Lord. I destroyed some of your cities as I destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Those of you who survived were like charred sticks pulled from a fire. But still, You would not return to me, says the Lord. Therefore, I will bring upon you all the disasters I have announced. Prepare to meet your God. You can't miss the irritating nature of the prophet's repetition, can you? The nagging, like a chant, annoying meowing of a cat. The drip, 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 drip 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 you're annoyed right now just listening to me (laughs) of the water falling through the leaky roof you have not returned to me 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 Amos go home already you're not even from here telling me about my relationship with the Lord go bother someone else But this is the way of a prophet. And this is the nature of Amos. And this is what we will read. And no one wants to hear these things. No one wants to be told that that they absolutely have to change. That what they are doing is wrong. That God wants them to change. No one wants to hear that. No one wants to be told that they're selfish, that they care more about protecting their privilege than about justice for people who are oppressed. People don't want to hear that. Churches don't want to hear that. Nations certainly don't want to hear that. But this is the work of a prophet. You think Amos wanted to go up there? I don't know, maybe he did, but it doesn't seem like it. And this is the message of Amos, return to God, care for the poor, do what is right, look at your unjust systems and change them. Look at your unjust heart and give it to God. Amos, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Joel, all of them, they carried the burden of that message. And these are the prophets of God Almighty and, and I think one of the most important reasons that we have to read their message is because they are of the guild of Jesus our Lord, the prophet. This tradition of prophets, it's the tradition of Jesus. Jesus is many things. Jesus is Savior. Amen? Amen. That's right. He's King. Amen? Amen. Amen. Jesus is friend. Yes, I tell you, he is friend. But in Jesus' day, the first thing people thought of when they heard the name Jesus of Nazareth was prophet. Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? How do people understand me? What do they think of me? And the disciples, you know what they said? They say, you are John the Baptist. Prophet who called for repentance and irritated the king. They say you are Elijah. Elijah, a prophet who angered the powerful and cared for widows. They say you are a prophet. It is easy to get complacent, to get lulled into doing. What is wrong? Lie to people. Steal. Let selfishness guide us. To stay silent in the face of injustice. Repentance is a gift. Repentance is a gift that God gives to us. That God gives us a chance to repent and to be forgiven in Jesus Christ, to be changed by his Spirit. Changed, I say. Jesus can do this if only we would receive him as Lord. The prophets remind us in no uncertain terms that Jesus is not an add-on to help us win games or give us good parking spots. <laughs> Jesus is the king who has a claim on us. A claim on our lives and he has a prophet's heart. He will refine us with fire. He will clean us with a scouring pad. He will seal our hearts for his own so that we will sparkle so that we will shine like stars in the night sky <laughs> hallelujah we will be bearers of righteousness that the sounds of our footsteps would bring hope to people all because of the grace of God. Let's pray. God, please open our hearts. Speak to us. And help us to know your son, Jesus. Help us to know him, that we might be known by him. Whatever it is we are going through, Jesus said he is gentle in spirit, humble in heart, and he will give us rest. And I pray that for all of us. Prepare our hearts to remember him and to remember what he did for us. I pray these things in his name. Amen.